sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the morning after here on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock. No Ben Stevens with you guys here today or tomorrow. You're going to be locked in with me. We've got lots to talk about. Of course, Major League Baseball is nearing its trade deadline, hot stove season. The Los Angeles Angels say they're not trading Shohei Otani. NFL training camps have begun. Dalvin Cook is rumored to be signing with the New York Jets. We have a Subway series to recap. Joe Lisi, Craig Mish, Mark Zeno, and Jim Sanis are going to be joining me here on the program today, so don't go anywhere. Hang out with me for the next two hours while you have your coffee, while you eat your breakfast, while you hang out. And uh, yeah, we, we've got a lot going on. I guess we can begin with the Subway sequel. The New York Yankees beat the New York Mets 3-1. to Carlos Rodon coming back from the I.L., He's been all right, to be fair. The Mets, that uh, that playoff push that every time I've come on this program, that every time I've been on Fantasy Sports Today, I keep thinking is going to happen for the New York Mets. Just seems like it is not going to happen. They are seven and a half games back of the wild card. They are 17 and a half games back of the division. Don't think the National League East title is coming to the New York Mets this season. Things aren't really that much better for the Yankees either. Right now, the Yankees are two and a half games back of Toronto. They are a game and a half back of Boston. Uh, due to the way things are working out, the Minnesota Twins are 54 and 50, but they are winning the American League Central. The Yankees could still make the playoffs, to be fair. They could catch Toronto. They could catch Boston. They could catch the Texas Rangers, but... I think that they'll probably need to make one or two pretty significant moves at the trade deadline. Aaron Judge, still not healthy. They think they probably need uh, you know, a really good month and a half or two-month stretch out of Aaron Judge in order to make the MLB playoffs. And uh, look, I know many of our listeners are based in New York, and uh, you can't really be all that happy about the performance of either the Mets or the Yankees this season. I think baseball is a little bit better when these two teams are good, so it is a little bit of a bummer that neither of them have been that good this year. We have the Tampa Bay Rays coming off a pretty surprising loss to the Miami Marlins. They lost 7-1. to Zach Eflin got really beat up uh, in his start yesterday, only made it through four innings against the Miami Marlins and uh, suffered an injury in this game and immediately left the stadium to go get examined. Sandy Alcantara, who is 4-9 on the season, but was the National League Cy Young winner last season, was awesome. Complete game, nine innings pitched, five hits allowed, one earned run, seven strikeouts. And the Miami Marlins were one of the more exciting stories of the beginning of this season. They are 55-48. and 48. As of right now, they are only a half game back of the wild card. But the Marlins need to keep winning games with their starting pitching. They uh, lost seven consecutive games coming out of the All-Star break. They went 1-8 and eight in their first nine games, so now they are 2-8 and eight in their 10 games coming out of the All-Star break. What is the Miami Marlins' problem? They can't hit. They really cannot hit. Nick Fortes, Yuli Gurriel, Joey Wendell, John Segura, Garrett Cooper, John Birdie, Jacob Stallings, Garrett Hampson. I mean, these are some of the worst 
everyday hitters in Major League Baseball. They're above average guys in the lineup. Well, their problem is, is they're not in the lineup. Jazz Chisholm Jr. is injured. Jonathan Davis injured. Avisel Garcia injured. Uh, injuries really have been the story of the season. And of course, welcome to everyone on radio here on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock with you for the next two hours. No Ben Stevens as we recap a lot of the action around Major League Baseball, cover the Major League Baseball trade deadline, and take a look towards the NFL season. The Texas Rangers hung up a football number on the Houston Astros last night. Uh, Andrew Heaney's poor performance didn't even matter. Only five innings pitched and uh, three strikeouts for Andrew Heaney, but Framber Valdez got lit up by the Texas Rangers. Didn't even get out of the third inning. Six earned runs for him. Nate Lowe hit a home run. Marcus Semien hit a home run. And the Texas Rangers have really, they've really been dominating. Uh, or the Houston Astros really have historically dominated the Texas Rangers. The Astros are still two games back of the Rangers after this most recent series. And the Astros are sort of one of the more interesting stories in Major League Baseball. I mean, they are have really, for the last five years, been one of the great teams in all of baseball. But they're really... They, they're not themselves this year. You know, I mean, Jose Abreu, that acquisition has has not worked out at all. They've been leading off Marquisio Dubon. They, they, Jeremy Pena has not been able to duplicate his success from last year. Some of the guys they've been DHing and playing in the outfield. Jake Myers hasn't really worked. To be fair, Yanir Diaz has been very successful, as has Jose Altuve when he has been available but I'm pretty excited to see the way that that series or that that division ends up playing itself out. Uh, honestly, I wish the Seattle Mariners were a little bit more involved. I wish the Los Angeles Angels and Shohei Otani, who we are about to talk about, with Joe Lisi, were a little bit more involved. But guys, absolutely do not go anywhere. We've got you covered with everything you need to know for the Major League Baseball trade deadline and the upcoming NFL season over the next two hours of the program. As a reminder, Joe Lisi, Craig Mish, Mark Zeno, Jim Sanis are going to join us. We are going to cover Shohei Otani and the American League MVP odds and if there are any ways to properly bet this and if he will be traded or not. Take a look at the New York Jets training camp and some of the stories coming out of there. We're going to analyze the AFC South and much more. Don't go anywhere. Stay here with me, Davis Maddock, for the next two hours, and we're going to get you where you need to go. See you back in a bit. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the morning after here on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock with you. No Ben Stevens today. He is going to be back with you guys next week. We got a lighter slate in Major League Baseball today. The Angels and the Tigers are going to be playing a doubleheader. They got washed out last night. Uh, Shohei Otani and Michael Lorenzen are taking the mound in the morning game. The Angels, as they should be, pretty heavy favorites here. Minus 154 on the money line, a total of eight. Now, Shohei Otani on the mound, it is uh, it is always a little bit of an adventure, certainly more of an adventure than it is with him hitting. Uh, he really has sort of struggled, 
I mean, struggled is is definitely relative, right? Uh, he still is one of the better pitchers in the American League, uh, but you know his ERA is a little bit higher than you'd want it to be. It's a three point seven one compared to it being uh, two point three last season, uh, where he finished second place in the MVP voting. Which, by the way, I do think history is going to look back on that very unkindly. Uh, he's all the way up to minus fourteen hundred and fifty to win the American League MVP, forty to one to win the Cy Young, which is sort of interesting because. He really is the best strikeout pitcher in the American League. Now, he doesn't lead the American League in strikeouts, but his K per nine is the best of anyone. He also, uh, you, would not, you would not think this, but he has also allowed the least hits per nine. The issue with Otani as a pitcher this season, it, honestly, it is just a little bit of bad luck. He has allowed 1.5 home runs per nine, but his statistics his peripherals haven't really changed all that much in fact he's getting more ground balls and fewer fly balls this year um he's just allowing a little bit more hard contact and is to be fair just getting a little bit unlucky so the reason why we are talking about Shohei otani why he is on the tip of our tongue right now is that there was a report that came out last night that the los angeles angels have taken shohei otani off the board for being traded now does this make any sense i guess it really depends on what you view the odds of them actually signing otani to a longer contract in the offseason now the white Sox acquired lucas giolito from the white Sox and reynaldo lopez so they got two pitchers giolito i think is actually going to be pretty important for them if they do want to make a run to the playoffs he probably i would imagine is going to replace tyler anderson in the rotation maybe reed detmers otani with a 120 era plus griffin canning with a 100 their their worst starting pitcher has been tyler anderson jaime Berea has not been very good either maybe they'll get jose suarez back at some point obviously the the unspoken issue here though is this team right now does not have the services of Mike Trout. We don't know when Mike Trout is going to be back and the Angels do have some ground to make up. They are 4 games back of the second wild card right now. They are 7 games back of the division. Can they make a run? Uh I mean they're 75 to 1 to win the American League pennant. They are 130 to 1 to win the World Series. I mean, you could probably convince me that actually if, if Otani is not going to be traded and if the, this team might make another acquisition uh, in terms of hitting, maybe maybe it's a good idea. I mean, I, I basically my entire adult life since Shohei Otani came over to Major League Baseball, I've been waiting for the Los Angeles Angels to make a postseason run. And, and to be fair to them, I mean, their lineup is not bad. Uh, they've got a decent hitting catcher. Zach Neto is, is you know, playing like the number one overall prospect. Taylor Ward is having a pretty good season. This is as good as Otani has ever played. The issue is they just have a lot of dead spots in their lineup. You know, when, when Chad Wallach plays, uh, the Eduardo Escobar edition really hasn't been that great. Uh, when Andrew Velasquez has to play, when David Fletcher has to play, like these are very middling prospects that the Los Angeles Angels have. So this is where I've landed. If the team has no interest in signing Shohei Otani to the contract that he should deserve, and to me, I mean, I think you start at $750 million over whatever time frame Otani wants to be signed for. And honestly, if I'm the Dodgers, 
if I'm the Padres, if I'm the Mets, if I'm the Yankees, I, I, I'm offering Shohei Otani a billion dollars. I am. And uh, I know our, our, our producer, Mike Cardano, made the point on, on Twitter the other day that, uh, you know, Otani is only 27th in ERA amongst American League starters. He gives up a bunch of home runs. To be honest, I, I don't really care. Uh, even if you, may, if, if you said Otani is going to be right around the 20th to 30th best pitcher in the American League for the remainder of that contract, but he stays similar to what he is. I mean, he might honestly deserve $750 million in this current environment just as a hitter. I, I don't really see any way that Otani doesn't get the largest contract in the history of North American professional sports uh, You know, after, after this offseason. And the guy who owns the Los Angeles Angels, Artie Moreno, according to most recent reports, he's got a net worth of right around $8 billion. So do you give... Shohei Otani, roughly uh, one-eighth of your... Obviously, it doesn't all come to one lump sum, and there are sponsorships, and he can always sell the team and things like that. But I do think it's harder for a singular man or a singular entity who owns a team to give Shohei Otani the contract he would deserve compared to these other organizations that are... I mean, you know, the Yankees are, are a business in and of themselves. The Dodgers are owned by a conglomerate that basically has... Um, you know, uh, unlimited, unlimited capital. So I, I think you got to trade him. I really, I really do think you have to trade him. I think it would be a mistake if you don't, because this is their, this is their one opportunity to get back the money they've paid him, get back the money they spent on his posting fee, all of that stuff. I just don't really, I don't really see a scenario where it's intelligent to keep Otani this year and then not pay him the contract. Now, if they're already in contract negotiations, if there's already a direct line from the Angels' front office to show to Otani's agent, then sure, whatever, keep him, make a run for the playoffs. Maybe Mike Trout will be back before you think he is. But it, it does seem, I mean, I, I love the I love the idea of of them buying right, the Angels buying, um, just because I want the Angels. Like, imagine Shohei Otani starting Game One of the World Series. Like, that's like the coolest storyline for baseball. But, uh, you know, it just I don't know if it makes the most business sense. Uh, so we got we got game one there. Patrick Sandoval and Matt Manning are going to start the game two for the Angels and the Tigers this afternoon. We have the Mets, you know, desperately trying to stay ahead of the Washington Nationals. They are minus 196 on the money line. Honest, if you had told Mets fans at the beginning of the season that they would only be four games ahead of the Washington Nationals on July 27th. They just straight up, they just straight up would not have believed you. Um, I, I kind of like the New York Mets run line here. I like backing Kodai Senga when he pitches. I really like his pitch mix. And uh, yeah, the Mets pitchers have sort of done their job. It's really been the hitters who have not. We have a team that is uh, absolutely desperate to sell the remaining guys. They have the St. Louis Cardinals who are sitting at 46 and 57 one game ahead of the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're playing tonight against the Chicago Cubs. Justin Steele remains one of the most uh, difficult guys to bet against in all of baseball because his spread between his fielding independent pitching and his ERA remains about, uh, about .75 runs apart. He keeps giving up these fly balls, but he doesn't get punished. Um, I, I do like the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. Might be Miles Mikolas's last ever start for the Cardinals. And then wrapping it up tonight, we've got Dylan Cease taking the mound against the Cleveland Guardians. The White Sox waving 
the white flag trading away Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito. I'm glad for Lucas Giolito to maybe try and get to pitch in some meaningful games this season, but a relatively small baseball slate we have tonight. Um, only four games whenever the makeup game for the Angels happens. Nationals, Mets, Cubs, Cardinals, and Guardians, White Sox. And as such, we are going to get into a bunch of football here on the program. We're going to talk a little bit about the Women's World Cup, NFL futures market. Craig Mish is going to join me in a little bit. We're going to get back to baseball with Craig, but a lot of football here on the program. So hope that you guys are locked in to that. Going to go ahead and run into break here real quick. Joe Lisi is going to be with me when we get back. It's smarter to be on the grid. See you back in a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the morning after here on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock, joined now by Joe Lisi and uh, Joe I like baseball I do I do like baseball but for me football season pretty much starts in May like once organized team activities happen I'm there I'm locked in been doing baseball when I fill in for Ben here we've been doing baseball uh, when I joined Scotty on Pharrell coast to coast we do baseball and fantasy sports today but you know what <laughs> It's football season, man. Once veterans are at training camp, it is football season. I am so glad to be talking football with you here today. Oh, this is what it's all about, Davis. I think the first time that you and I are working together here on the grid, which is amazing. But, yeah, we're both – we love football, right? It starts with the NFL draft, and now it carries in to NFL training camps, a bunch of news and notes. We saw what happened over the past weekend in terms of the running back Zoom call that led to Saquon Barkley getting his deal. And what's on the horizon, right? This is, this is what it's all about. This is where teams prepare for championship runs. They really do. So speaking of championship runs, the uh, the New York Jets were able to sign Aaron Rodgers to a renegotiated contract. Sort of interesting. He had nearly $110 million guaranteed on his Green Bay deal. So he restructured his contract two years, $75 million guaranteed. Uh, it sounds like, I can't believe this is what's happening, but it sounds like, Joe, that he renegotiated his deal so that they could sign... I mean, probably multiple guys, but definitely Dalvin Cook right now is in New York taking a meeting with the New York Jets. So it sort of sounds like, one, they know they needed to renegotiate because they want to have they want to be able to sign all these veterans who are going to come ring chase in New York, especially next season if they're good this year. But uh, it does sound like de- signing Dalvin Cook was the impetus for this renegotiation. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's almost like the Tom Brady effect in New England when he had that Super Bowl run, right? Never the highest-paid quarterback, always took pay cuts for the benefit of the team. And when you look at this offense right now and you add a potential playmaker in Dalvin Cook that had four straight 
thousand yard seasons and four and a half yards per carry. I mean, he is a legitimate playmaker. Brees Hall got hurt obviously last year in his rookie season, now potentially to have Cook and Brees Hall. That's exactly what he had in Green Bay with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, right? So you're solidifying the offense. You're giving him more weapons to compete in a very competitive AFC East. But I have to be honest with you, Davis. I don't know if all of this leads to potentially a playoff appearance. Have we taken a look at this schedule right now for the New York Jets? It is brutal to start the year. Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, the Patriots, and the New York Giants to start in their first five games. I'll say it first. They have a potential to be 0-5 rather than 4-1 in the month of September and October. Okay, I was I was hoping you would go this way because I didn't know if you were a Jets guy. I didn't know if you were a Giants guy. I don't know. You know, so when when I come on, I know my you know my old producer Brett Levy was a Jets guy, so he would take some of the the Jets hatred uh, a little a little personally. I I got to be honest. I really do not see it with this team. Their division is so tough. I, people like the Bills are way better than them. Honestly, I think the Dolphins are better than them. The Do- like people focus so much on the Tua stuff. Will he be healthy? Will he not be healthy? You know, the guys, the guys, one hard hit away from retiring. Their defense is nasty. Their offense is full of just guys who are super fast. Like they're, I and and their coach, I think, is a genius. And you know, I I think they're the Jets coaching staff. Like I I think they're they're good you know i think that head coach come over from san francisco like i think robert sala is like a really good defensive coach why are you hiring nathaniel hackett i mean i think maybe that part has gone a little bit under discussed like nathaniel hackett we saw urban meyer with the jacksonville jaguars and i thought well that's the worst coach of all time no one will ever be worse than the year that urban meyer coached the jacksonville jaguars and you this is how you know he's bad Coaches never say anything bad about each other, right? It's like a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. They never badmouth each other. Sean Payton yesterday at Denver Broncos training camp said that the 2022 Broncos were the worst coach team he has ever <laughs> seen. They never badmouth. The, I, I, why are we letting Nathaniel Hackett be in charge of this offense? I, I am not optimistic about this Jets team. And I also, by the way, Joe, I thought it was very stupid of them to trade away Elijah Moore for nothing so that Aaron Rodgers could play with his buddy, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Like I, I just, I, I do not see it with the New York jets. I really don't. No, I'm with you. And and it's amazing that Sean Payton came out and said that because they also had Vic Fangio there a couple of seasons prior to Nate Hackett, right? So it really is amazing in terms of that comment, but I'm with you. Elijah Moore, I think is going to put up some numbers with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. I think he's a slot player, still uh, one of the most speediest guys in terms of the SEC when he played. And more importantly, now when you look at on the team with uh, Amari Cooper. So uh, here's the problem for the New York Jets. Everything's all well and good right now. It's prior to the season. How does Aaron Rodgers and how do those young playmakers react when adversity hits? And and adversity could hit very early in the season. And how do they respond? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing the rest of the team under the bus? Never Aaron's fault. I, I think people forget that his performance in the last regular season game last year cost the Green Bay Packers a playoff appearance. So again, only time will tell, but I'm with you. I'm selling the Jets under the win total, and I'm selling them in terms of a no to not make the playoffs this year. 
Yeah, I actually I actually like the Miami Dolphins to potentially win this division. I think they should definitely be ahead of the New York Jets. So another team in the AFC is dealing with their own little uh, drama right now because Jonathan Taylor has not yet uh, reported to training camp. We have this whole NFL running back situation. You know, Josh Jacobs is not at camp. There was the running back Zoom call with Henry and McCaffrey and all these guys, which, by the way, I do. I want to make this point before I read this tweet by Jim Mercer, which is that you can, on one hand, acknowledge the truth that running backs do not matter as much in today's game as they used to, right? And that you can sort of get the same production from guys that you pay less while also acknowledging that these guys who get tackled 250 times, 300 times a year, they deserve to be compensated fairly. And so this tweet by Jim Irsay says, NFL running back situation, we have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides. To say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith, to which Jonathan Taylor's agent says, sort of what we are, are all thinking, which is that bad faith is not paying your top offensive player. It's truly a... Uh, of both sides, you know, there are good people on both sides here. But I do, I think there's something to like a specific running back pay fixture, right? Because it just, it really does not seem fair for these guys to just get hit this often and then be paid less than, you know, the Miami Heat's ninth guy, basically. No, I'm with you. And think about this, too, in terms of how they protect players, right? They protect the the wide receivers in terms of coming over the middle with targeting calls and to, to obviously sustain their careers for a period of time. Same thing with the quarterbacks, right? You can't touch them. You can't hit them low. can't hit them high. So they want them to play in the league for a long time. Well, the shelf life for a, a more key running back, let's be honest, is about five years to six years tops before the tread starts coming off the top in terms of lack of productivity so that's why these guys deserve to get paid uh, and I'm with you as well now when you look at Dalvin Cook in terms of what he gets maybe in the free agent market but Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs when healthy with Derrick Henry and some of the others out there so he deserves to be paid and you look at it last year he fell from 1800 yards in 2021 to basically 800 last year his first two years in the league he had 29 touchdowns last year only four so that is the risk when you're a marquee running back you're taking all these hits and now you're not getting paid i mean it's a double negative in my book it is i i think you're i think you're probably right and i mean there have been a lot of people who have proposed suggestions um you know i mean honestly under the current cba and this this cba runs until 2030 so there's no renegotiation the league's not changing it a lot i mean you know, a, a large part of the CBA is done for the highest paid players. Like guys who are on the bottom of NFL rosters, uh, they, they do not get near as much of a deal. But what guys like Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs and these guys, what they're going to have to start doing is holding out early, right? Well, they, well, they, before the fifth year option gets picked up, before the franchise tag comes into play, because at that point they can act uh, just like these quarterbacks, just like Justin Herbert just got his deal. Like, you know, Jonathan Taylor should have held out last year when they had when they had Matt Ryan in there you should you know like like Ezekiel Elliott did <laughs> honestly you know what you know what it is Le'Veon Bell ruined it for everyone held out signed that huge deal and absolutely stunk like Le'Veon Bell kind of ruined the party for everybody 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, and, and Le'Veon Bell was never the same running back after he left Pittsburgh, right? When he in two stints with the Jets and obviously Kansas City, never the same player. So you, the younger players need to look and say and see what happened in terms of history and say, where am I going? But I blame the agents as well. They need to inform their clients. This is the market value. If you make a poor decision, your career could be affected. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, I understand bigger is better, but they have to make proper decisions to, to play in the league for a long period of time. Octavius Murray is a, is a great exception as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that is actually, you just raised a great point, which is like Latavius Murray is really carved out a long career doing his thing. We're about to see Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, all these guys. And like, which one of those guys is going to be able to make it into the latter stage of their careers? We're going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on the show. More Joe Lisi when we return in a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the morning after here on SportsGrid. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Joe Lisi. We're going to take a look at the NFL Futures markets, uh, Josh Allen, for the second year in a row, is a uh, favorite. However, last year he was favorite by himself at most books, trailed by Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Now they're all 7-1. to one. Allen finished third in MVP voting last year. Burrow finished fourth. Um, Mahomes won. Honestly, this is, this is my advice on this market. You got to wait on Mahomes you don't 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 bet it in the preseason there will be a stretch I've done this every year for the last four years I've gotten a number better than 10 to 1 on Mahomes every year the last four years now Rodgers is second when he won in 2021 uh he did not deserve it so so the the voters got me on that one he he won it undeserving but uh the move in today's day and age is to wait till you get a good number on Mahomes and just bet that because he should be the favorite every year. He should be, right? And the only thing I would say in terms of a negative would be potentially the hangover effect about winning back-to-back Super Bowls. But he's going to put up dynamic numbers this year as well. I, I You can't go wrong with, I think, the top three guys, right? I mean, the guy that I'm close to and my the guy that I bet each and every year is Joe Burrow at 7-1. to one. Davis, but I, I really think that Jalen Hurts at 12 to 1 presents great value. It's actually moved back a little bit, a dollar from 11 to 1, I think a couple of weeks ago. So Jalen Hurts, and you look at what he did in the Super Bowl, counted for four touchdowns, three on the ground, and one through the air with the touchdown to A.J. Brown. I mean, to get him at 12 to 1 double digits preseason, I think it's pretty good value. Now, I know there's no been no back-to-back winner in the NFC East since 2004, but there's no guarantee, no doubting, excuse me, that Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs. And Jalen Hurts, once he gets in to a playoff environment, I think he'll lead this team potentially back to an NFC championship. So I think the best value bet for NFL MVP, it's got to be – Lamar Jackson at 15 to 1. I mean, I, I think ideally you'd like it a little bit uh, you'd like it a little bit deeper than that, but we're talking about a guy who has won MVP before 
and he's got a new offensive coordinator. Everything that Todd Munkin is saying at Baltimore Ravens training camp, it's got me, it's got me jazzed up. You know, he's talking about playing fast. They're going to play four wide receivers. They finally, after so long, have remade this receiver room, right? No more, no more uh, Chris Moore. Uh, you know, Devin Duvernay is going to be like Devin Duvernay played the most snaps wide receiver for the Ravens last year. He's going to go back into a role. He's way better suited for, you know, running jet sweep. He's going to be McCall Hardman basically for the Ravens. Uh, and, and, you know, so they have Bateman back. They draft Zay Flowers in the first round. Odell, you know, for whatever he's available for, I think he'll be fine. I think a sneaky signing they made, and this is very, you know, no one wants to admit this, but Nelson Aguilar is like a, a professional NFL wide receiver. Is he good? Is he AJ Brown? Is he Stephon Diggs? No, of course not. But I here here this is a trivia for you. Nelson Aguilar, the last four seasons, more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns than Odell Beckham Jr. I bet no one no one had that on their bingo card, but it is it is true. I I think the Ravens are going to be awesome on offense this year. Well, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the type of scheme that he ran at Louisville, right? A more of a spread type of offense, five wide, and and just chuck it all over the yard. The quarterback-to-wide receiver relationship has to be there, but you're right. When when Duvernay is, is your most snapped wide receiver, he wasn't even the most snapped wide receiver at Texas when he played back for the Longhorns. That's the most intriguing aspect. How do you get a guy, and this is your best playmaker in your offense, but I like what they added. Zay Flowers is a do-it-your-all do Tyreek Hill type of wide receiver, a smooth route runner, catches the football at a tight point, steps up in big games. So he's going to be an added addition. And Rashad Bateman, as long as he's healthy, can be very productive. And then you sprinkle in OBJ. As long as Lamar Jackson's healthy, they're going to put up numbers. So at 15-1, to 1, I like the look. I tell you, I'll stay in the conference and stay in the division I think, and again, Deshaun Watson, to me, I think has the potential to put up a lot of yards in this offense this year. I know they're predicated, obviously, with the rushing attack of Nick Chubb, but getting him at 25-1, to 1, I think he could break out in a big way, be over 4,000 yards this season in terms of uh, just dynamic season after he got the, uh, the, the kinks out in year number one after coming back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... <sighs> So the, the the concern I have with Watson is is honestly it's not even that much about his ability. It's that uh, it's that stadium. Yep. They play like three or four games a year because it's right next. I mean, this is very inside baseball, but they play right next to a lake. And the way the stadium is built, it basically creates like a wind tunnel where it just makes it super hard to throw the ball. It happened. It happened in three of the games that Watson played last year. Remember that? Uh, I think it was week. 15 maybe against the new orleans saints where the total dropped to like 31 and they were yeah. like we don't even know if these teams are going to be able to pass but i do i i think the browns are going to be much better on offense this year so that actually moves us to nfl offensive player of the year which now basically it's it's sort of the unspoken rule that like quarterbacks win mvp and then we get to give Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or whoever offensive player of the year and that is actually the bet this is my favorite preseason bet he in fact uh, cooper cup is not even on our board for offensive player of the year but cooper cup for offensive player of the year is my favorite preseason bet right now he's coming back off the injury but this dude is unbelievable 
2021, he wins Offensive Player of the Year with 145 receptions, 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns. And honestly, he was just that good last year. He just only played nine games, and the Rams sort of fell apart. I, I think the Rams, I mean, I don't know if they're going to bounce all the way back, but Cooper Cup is going to look like the exact same guy this year, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely betting on him Offensive Player of the Year. Well, that's I'm with you in terms of the Rams. You have a win total of five and a half for Matt Stafford, McVeigh, and that offense. I mean, it's amazing that they're so low in terms of that division as well. And Seattle and San Francisco are getting all the love. So as long as Cooper Cup comes back and he goes through obviously training camp and he plays Week One, I'm with you. I mean, to get him at great value where he is located in terms of that market, he's going to be up there and put up numbers with Justin Jefferson and. Jam- more chase let's not forget cam Akers and the rushing attack came on when baker mayfield was there at the quarterback position in the end of the regular season so that'll take the pressure off of matt stafford but i i'm with you i mean as long as cooper cups healthy he's gonna put up numbers a guy that i like and i know that you said you're high on the miami dolphins i happen to be a dolphin fan and we know all the love goes to tyree kill but i think jalen waddle is going to have a dynamic season. I think he could have better numbers than potentially Tyreek this year, assuming that we said to a play 17 games. How about Jalen Waddle as potentially a, jar, a dark horse? I, uh, I really like that because, I mean, he's way down there. And the thing that we saw from Jalen Waddle so often in Alabama was he was, well, he did also what he did at Miami, you know, a lot of the intermediate stuff where he would take off. But they used Tyreek almost exclusively as the deep guy last year, you know, the guy who was running the nine routes and running past the defense. But Waddle is totally qualified and capable of doing that. Also, another thing I'm hoping that they do with Waddle is use him, you know, not like Debo Samuel in terms of like running between the tackles or whatever, but Waddle is so shifty and he's bigger than you think. Like, I think in our heads, we think of Jalen Waddle as like, uh, you know, Jordan Addison size or whatever. Right. I mean, he's 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 more like Tony Pollard size. Like he's like a good, strong two hundred pounds. I bet that dude can. I bet that dude can squat five hundred pounds. You know, like he's he is a thick, young guy. I I really like it. And I mean, I I do think the Dolphins can just score if Tua stays healthy for seventeen games. They use uh you know Devin a chain as sort of like a space third down back, and Jeff Wilson is grinding like. I, I think the sky is absolutely the limit for. I, I think the Dolphins could lead the NFL in points scored, which I don't think is a very popular opinion. But I think Mike McDaniel is basically a genius, and they have two of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and they have a quarterback. The the, the thing that people forget about Tua or don't give him credit for is he always plays within himself. Right? He's not he's not trying to do too sort of like uh, a more efficient. Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, I and and that sounds like a negative, but it's not. It's actually it's actually a compliment because a lot of quarterbacks make mistakes when they try to play outside of themselves. Uh, moving on now to Defensive Player of the Year, um, sort of interesting here. We have uh, last year's winner Nick Bosa at twelve to one. T.J. Watt got injured last year, so he didn't receive any votes. Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons. I mean, T.J. Watt looks like a pretty pretty good bet here. To me, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet Micah Parsons honestly because I don't think the Cowboys are going to be nearly as good this year, and so it's going to be hard for him to pin his ears back and just go after the quarterback. Like those gaudy sack numbers, I think are going to be difficult for him. Do you have a bet in this market? 
I would take uh, Miles Garrett, and the reason why is because you said you're, you're high on Cleveland. So am I. They're one of my best bets in terms of the AFC. I think they could potentially, believe it or not, win 11 or 12 games this year. So if Miles Garrett's healthy and obviously puts up numbers similar to what we saw Micah Parsons do over the past couple of seasons at plus 750, I think he's only going to go shorter as the season progresses. The the schedule is favorable, in my opinion, for Cleveland. So assuming they start fast as well I think Miles Garrett's the bet out of that group but you can't go wrong with T.J. Watt the only concern with Watt is can he play 17 games and can he stay healthy we've seen injuries creep up obviously in his career the past couple of seasons but I'm with you I go Garrett and then maybe Watt and then take a shot on Parsons I am high on Dallas to go over their win total as well though Okay. All right. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I think Dak Prescott is very underrated, but I think Brian Schottenheimer is a loser. That is my, my concern <laughs> is that my concern is that Kellen Moore goes to the chargers, you know, makes them way better. And we're looking at Dallas, like, what are they doing? All right. Uh, real quick here. We've got NFL offensive rookie of the year. Uh, only one bet I'm making in this market. I'm betting Anthony Richardson nine to one. I think Bijan will probably win it. But uh, no way can I pass on Anthony Richardson when Shane Steichen drafted him to be Jalen Hurts. See, I agree with you, and I'm glad that you brought up Anthony Richardson because we saw that Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers gave the vote of confidence to Bryce Young. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy in Indy in terms of starting Gardner Minshew. You put it, you drafted Anthony Richardson top five, right, in this draft to play him. You don't want him to sit on the sidelines. You don't want him to come in like Kenny Pickett did in terms of the middle of the regular season. You draft him, you start him week one, and you allow him to improvise and get the kinks out, get the growing pains out of the way. So when you're number two in that offense, he can elevate similar to maybe potentially Jalen Hurts and what he did with Philadelphia with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, really, I really hope it happens. I hope that uh, we don't see very much of Gardner Minshew. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a game or two, but I, I can't see it all that long. Uh, one other guy I would toss in who I think is possible is uh, Zach Charbonnet at 40 to 1. Very similar to what Kenneth Walker did last year. If Walker were to t get injured, take a side seat, whatever, I do think 40 to 1 on him is a pretty fair number. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and run into break here. Real quick on the program, don't go anywhere. We've got a bunch more content left for you here on the program. Thanks to Joe Lisi for joining us. Going to be joined by Craig Mish here pretty soon. See you guys back on the grid in a few moments. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the morning after here on SportsGrid. Wrapping up hour one, need to remind you guys to download our new app. Yep, that's right. SportsGrid has an app. We've just launched it. Uh, you can download it on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. You can scan the little QR code there on your screen or just search SportsGrid. It's pretty awesome. You can catch up on anything that you miss throughout the day. You can create personalized feeds for the leads that you like. So baseball fan, you got baseball in there. Maybe you don't like basketball. Leave it out. Doesn't matter. Uh, they're always working on things on the back end, adding 
new stuff to it. You can dive into previews for every matchup. Uh, the function that I use it for most is you can search through all of our projections, uh, line movements, you can monitor injuries, everything else you need to make a bet. Then when the games are live, you'll be able to see the latest odds, scores, and stats. It really is the perfect complement to all of the insights that are available on sportsgrid.com, just in a nice, neat little app. So you can download that in the Apple App Store. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of guess the odds with the American League pennant. So right now, the Rays are favored, followed by the Rangers, Astros, Orioles, and Blue Jays. I'm going way out on a limb. I think... The Baltimore Orioles, that's right, those Baltimore Orioles, I think they're going to make two really big moves at the deadline. Now, I think Lucas Giolito, by the way, from the Chicago White Sox, would have been a pretty nice freaking addition for the Baltimore Orioles. So they got beat to the punch there by the uh, the Los Angeles Angels. But I've also said this, and I, I still believe this, the team that should trade for Shohei Otani is the Baltimore Orioles. They have... Four players under contract in 2024, one of those being Chris Davis. Yep, that's right, that Chris Davis. So they've got all these prospects to trade away. They have a very small payroll in the future. I think that they should be the team that trades for Shohei Otani. Are they going to do it? Probably not, but I think that is the direction that they should go. So I'm going to guess that the Baltimore Orioles are 3-1 to and that they are favored to win the American League at the end of the regular season gonna run to break here real quick on the program craig mish joining me here in just a few moments don't go anywhere hang out with me for the next hour 